Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reda, I'm an investment coach here at Sage Investors and this is episode 43. Uh, today, if you've followed any of my previous episodes of Stock Talk or if you've gone on my website, uh, sageinvestors.ca, you'll know that once a month I blog or post a blog that uh, where I pretty much document uh, my recent uh, investment decisions, basically decisions where I bought stocks and sold stocks. And uh, I do it pretty much, uh, you know, as an investment coach, I spend a great deal of my time teaching people how to invest, how to buy and sell stocks, how to make investment decisions. So it's, to me, I feel like it's, it's one thing for me to um, tell people and teach people how to, how to invest. It's another thing to model the behavior. It's another thing to walk the talk. So one of the things I, I really I like to do and enjoy to do is kind of document my uh, my journey, my thought processes, and how I go about investing, and to show that you know essentially you know what I'm practicing what I'm teaching. So <clears throat> today uh, I'm going to talk to you about some of my recent decisions, and it's interesting because some of my re recent decisions involve selling stocks. Now you know we spend so much time trying to figure out what stocks to buy and what kind of ETFs to buy or what kind of mutual funds to buy for our portfolios. We when we get around to the point where we have to figure out whether we want to sell something, we really don't practice. We don't know. We, it's, we don't have a lot of experience doing that. We don't practice it enough. Um, and uh, a lot of times, it's, it's in some ways, I could say selling uh, an investment is probably harder than actually buying it because chances are there's going to be a little bit more emotion involved on it. It's going to be more of a greed factor. Like, how much profit do you want? How much profit are you willing to take? and be comfortable with. So selling is a bit of a harder thing. So today I want to talk to you about three selling decisions that I made and how I came about uh, to those decisions. So <clears throat> my first one was I decided to sell uh, my position in Cisco Systems. I bought it earlier in the year for $22.75 and I ended up selling it for about $31. So actually on a currency, you know, factory of currencies, I made about 30% on it, but the fact of the matter is there's currency issues with the Canadian and the US dollar, so I ended up making about 24% profit on it. So one of the things I do when I try to teach people and I, and I practice it myself is anytime you're going to buy a stock, you know, you buy a stock and you need to have, when you buy it right away, you need to have some kind of exit strategy about when you think you're going to want to get out of a stock. And usually your exit strategy involves around two themes. One theme is either there's something really going wrong with the company, there's sort of like a negative game changer moment, there's like fraud going on, they're doing all kinds of like malicious acts. Um, you know, the Wells Fargo thing is kind of a, a really good example of that. Um, and you know, or something in which, you know, their customers are, you know, dying or getting really ill and things like that. Chipotle is probably another example of that. That would be a kind of situation where you go, hey, you know what, I may need to think about selling. The second one, which was also just as important, is also when you're buying a stock, you need to have an idea of like how much kind of return you're willing to live with. So in my case, you know, every stock that I buy, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know what, I need to make at least, you know, if everything pans out, that 20%. That's my number because that's a, a, toler a risk tolerance number that I'm comfortable with. At the same time, I need to have sort of like a loss threshold which is basically asking myself, you know, what's the most I'm willing to lose uh, on this stock? 
And for me, again, it's 20%. So anytime a stock goes below 20%, if I'm down more than 20%, um, I sell, no questions asked, because it's about preserving capital. And it's a hard discipline that we need to, people I find need to practice more is just managing their losses and managing, controlling their losses, as well as managing their gains. Because when you do that, you're you know, not putting yourself, your portfolio into a real ill repair, because if the more money you're losing, uh, out of it, it's going to be harder for you to get get back to, to even, and simple math will tell you that. So, getting back to my uh, Cisco <clears throat> decision, it's up 24%. I'm looking at the company. It's really fundamentally nothing's changed with the company. Um, it's had a nice run. The stock has had a nice run from 22 to 31. And uh, I think the company is continuing their strategic change. They're pivoting away from being just a simply a router and network kind of company to more about all about the Internet of Things type company, kind of embedding themselves into day-to-day -day appliances and technology, and which is a, which is a very reasonable strategy to have. Um, so the company's in good shape. There's nothing fundamentally I see wrong with the company. Um, I'm just looking at my stock, and I'm up 24%. It's a comfort level I'm happy with. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to bank the profit and if the stock pulls back which it can easily do uh, and all things being equal I wouldn't mind going back again now Cisco is an interesting company for because I've held it a couple of times in the last probably 10 years and each time I've, I've sort of followed the same methodology buy low and when it's sort of out of favor and sell high when you know the uh, stock makes a, a bit of a move and it's interesting because the company is fundamentally creating strong economic profit strong returns on capital Cost of capital is pretty much in control. Tons of cash, low manageable debt. It's a solid company, but you know Wall Street and Bay Street, they like to get you know spin it out, saying you know they've lost their way, they don't know what they're doing. They're printing money. Hey, that's at the end of the day what we want, why we invest, right? To make money. So that was Cisco. Second decision I made was I decided to sell my shares in Nordstrom, and after I sold it, I basically on a currency basis, adjusted basis, I was up 22 and a half percent on that. Luxury retail, pretty much it's been out of favor. And one of my themes I've been looking at, and if you look at my portfolio, I've kind of been buying a lot of luxury retail um, because it's been out of favor and because of the nature of the business is high margin, high brand recognition, durability of product. It's a great business, but it's in a, it's in a low cycle because luxury retail is having a rough, rough time. Nordstrom, I like the company. Again, I like the company and uh, because you know, when I compare Nordstrom to like a Target, which came up here in Canada, uh, you know, full of themselves and thought, you know, well, it works in the States, so it's going to work up here, and they were, it was just a miserable failure. Nordstrom has taken a much more methodical, careful, planned approach, and they're expanding up here in Canada very slowly. The management really wants to take time to understand the Canadian market, the Canadian customer, their tastes, their appetites, what they want to do, what they like and what they don't like. They're very methodical, and they're not expanding like gangbusters. They just opened up two stores here in Toronto, and uh, they're planning to open another one, but not till like 2017 or 2018, I think. So very methodical, very long-term focused company. Now, bringing it back to the stock, again, I was up about 20 22.5% up beyond my comfort level, my threshold level, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to bank the profit, and uh, if the stock pulls back in the future, uh, I'm gonna, I'll jump back in, and uh, that's what I did. Um, the third, and so you can see the theme that's going on here, the third, my third sell was I sold part of my shares in Walmart. I actually have shares in two different portfolios, I sold it in one portfolio. I made about, 20 point, about 21% profit on the sale. Walmart's an interesting, you know, we got luxury retail to me. The other side of it that I'm also fascinated with as a long-term theme is discounted retail. And, you know, uh, Walmart's kind of 
you know, they're the gorilla in the room with respect to, to discount retail. And it's the company everybody loves to hate, they love to bash, it gets constantly bashed, gets constantly beat up. Um, but the stock price, it's, it's had a nice run. Um, I bought in last October when it was down to like $60. It was getting trashed by Wall Street. The analysts were just trashing the company. This is after the company was actually in, early, in the early 2015, it was trading near $80. So it went down to $60 in last October. I decided to buy in. I thought it was a good value, a good deal in there. I thought there was upside on it. I think it was just getting overkill on it. Sure enough, since then, the stock's been slowly, slowly, slowly coming, coming back up. It was back over $30, $73 uh, at one point. I think it's at $73 right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, I was past my return threshold of over 20%. I took it the business, it's a good business to me, long term, one of the, you know, if you're looking at all time wealth creating companies on the planet, Walmart is there, they print money left and right, you can bash them for all you want in terms of their practices and their selling practices and how they treat their employees and all this stuff. This company continues to print money and at the end of the day, we're, we're as shareholder, you know, I'd rather be a shareholder in control, have some influence on it instead of just complaining about it. So, um, again, if, if the stock were to pull back, I wouldn't have any hesitation coming and buy it on a, at a cheaper price. Um, so again, it was up uh, almost to like 20, 22 percent um, in the last since since I bought it. So again, banking the profit. Um, the other investment decision I made, which is the one that's kind of eating me and killing me, right in a certain extent, is my continued. Um, I decided to add more uh, uh, to my short position. I basically have been short the overall S&P 500 for the last couple of years. And it's been, and I, I decided to add to my short position again, just to uh, just to lower my costs, which are just dropping by, by the hour. It's been a tough trade because the reality is, you know, the S&P stock markets have been just surging record highs literally on a daily basis. It's been a tough trade. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I look at the long-term fundamentals of, of the market and, the fact of the matter is, we're living in a world where it's the market's essentially being propped up by zero interest rates, zero percent interest rates, and you know, yesterday we were just seeing the continuation of it. So the gluttony is going to continue, and so you know, the the reality is, I don't, I don't, wouldn't surprise me to see stock prices keep going up. They're talking about, yeah, well, we might cut, we increase rates in, in, in December, but this this central bank and a lot of federal banks don't seem to have the guts to want to increase interest rates given the fact that economic conditions seem to be pretty, pretty decent, pretty normal, normalized. Uh, for some reason, they don't see it that way. And uh, so uh, when I, uh, what I've been doing is every couple of months, I've been just buying a little bit more in, into my short position. It's a pretty substantial, I'd say probably half my portfolio is now short. Um, short the market and the rest of it is, is long. So it's almost like kind of a, running like a hedge fund kind of thing right now when I look at my positions. But again, um, that was my other uh, investment decision. But see, all of these elements that I've made, all these decisions I've made, have been really revolved around, basically, uh, uh, a plan, an ideology. And that is, I've set benchmarks in terms of what I hope to achieve in a return with, with an investment and also how to protect myself, how to protect my savings by minimizing and controlling my losses. Because guess what? Not every investment decision I'm going to make is going to pan out. Investing is all about educated guesses. And the best we can do is make an educated guess. You take a rational approach, leverage the, the information that's around us, and, and, and see what happens. And that's the best you can do um, with that. So 
If you want to read a little bit more about my decision making there, you can go to my website. I blog about it. Um, I, the, the blog is, the post is up there, uh, www.sageinvestors.ca. Um, if you have any questions about these decisions that I've made or any decisions that you're thinking of making and you want me to talk about it, kind of give you my two cents and uh, kind of thought process how you can think your way through these decisions, um, give me a shout through email. Go to my website. You can email me through there, sageinvestors.ca. Or you can go through my Twitter handle, at sageinvestors, where I pretty much am on there all the time, you know, putting my little spin and observations onto the day-to-day -day gyrations of the market. So you can hit me through there, through at sageinvestors. So that's all I got for you today. That's another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Cheers.